Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by an American true crime writer. His 43rd book deals with an infamous mass murder that has been forgotten by time. Maniac examines the deadliest school massacre in United States history. We welcome author Harold Schechter. Uh, thank you for having me on. Harold, let's go beyond the mic. You're a true crime novelist. 44 deaths, many more injured. How has time forgotten the Bath Massacre? Well, it was actually forgotten pretty soon after it happened. Um, partly because three days after it occurred, uh, Charles Lindbergh made his world-changing solo flight across the Atlantic from New York to Paris, which was at the time as momentous an event as the moon landing four decades later. And that story was so huge nationally and internationally that it displaced um, most other stories, including the Bath School Massacre, from the papers. So uh, it's not just that it has been forgotten over time. It was almost immediately relegated to obscurity. If the Bath Massacre had happened today, what would be the reaction to it? Well, God forbid it did happen today or something like it. It would obviously be, you know, 24-7 news coverage and be regarded uh, as one of the most horrific mass murderers in our history of, you know, uh, ranking up there, if not surpassing things like Columbine and uh, uh, the Sandy Hook shooting and Parkland shooting. I think, you know, it's an interesting question you ask. I think it goes to the heart of why it was was so quickly forgotten at the time. Mass murders, uh, school massacres just didn't happen back then. Uh, and mass murders were, were also extremely rare. So it just seemed like such a bizarre, freakish, one-off kind of crime that it, it somehow didn't resonate that much with the American public. In 1927, you know, they were focused on very different crimes. One of the uh, part of my book deals, for example, with what came to be known as the double indemnity murder, where a Queen's housewife named Ruth Snyder and her lover murdered her husband. And that totally dominated the news for months and months and months. I think because people at the time uh, were very obsessed with the breakdown of traditional social and sexual mores, so they really focused on that. Whereas the Bath School disaster, as I said, seems so anomalous uh, that people just forgot it very, very quickly. Obviously, if it happened now, when we're very, very concerned about mass murder, it would have a totally different impact. At the back of the book, 40 pages of reference notes. How long did it take you to write this book? Um, well, my books usually take me up to a year to research and then uh, about a year to write. Uh, I, I mean, I continue to do the research even while writing them. Um, this one might have taken me slightly less time. It actually turned out a little shorter than some of the other books, but... I would say a year and a half to two years. As you continue to research true crime, have you noticed something in common with all these perpetrators? 
Well, I mean, I've dealt with different crimes so that, uh, you know, I've written many books, for example, about serial killers who have a very, very different psychology from mass murders. Um, but, yeah, there are definitely commonalities among them. Uh, a lot of serial killers, for example, um, you know, suffer extreme forms of childhood abuse. I guess the one commonality among all of them is humiliation. Uh, you know, people who are subjected to or experience or feel themselves to be very humiliated, uh, especially men, will sometimes respond with acts of violence. Time's running out, so it's time for the Rocking Eight. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Okay. <laughs> Favorite of all your books that isn't Maniac? <laughs> well, uh, I'd have to say, uh, in a way, my... Well, the last book I wrote uh, called Hell's Princess, or the one before that, actually, Hell's Princess, which was about uh, a female serial killer uh, in Indiana at the turn of the 20th century. Best place to relax at Queens College. Oh. Well, I actually am retired from Queens College, but the best place for me to relax was in my office um, because I inadvertently on my syllabus put the wrong uh, building down, um, and so none of my students ever came to see me. <laughs> no office hours for you. Yeah. Favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie? Well, I'd have to go with Psycho. Your go-to drink? Ah, Jack Daniels on the rocks. Very nice. Who's the last person you texted? Oh, gosh. Last person. Actually, the last person I texted was a, uh, a great comic book artist named Eric Powell, with whom I am collaborating on a graphic novel uh, that is based on a, an earlier case I wrote about. How about a weird fact about you? Huh. You know, I regard myself as so normal, I can't really think of it. Well, people find it weird that people find it weird that at my very advanced age, I spend so much of my time on my PlayStation playing first-person shooter games. Person that you would love to have dinner with? Uh, gosh. Um, well, there is some... Uh, does, does a person have to still be alive? <laughs> alive or dead, doesn't um, matter. You know, I was an American literature professor at Queens College for 42 years, teaching uh, mostly 19th century American literature. So I would have loved to have dinner with Herman Melville, just to let him know um, that his book, Moby Dick, which was a big failure in his time, uh, has become recognized as the great American novel. Why do mass murderers think that by doing something totally unspeakable, that they will be remembered? Um you know, I'm not sure that that's the primary motivation of mass murders, although it certainly, you know, does enter into their warped way of thinking. Um, you know, I think mass murderers are partly driven um, to that kind of extreme crime um, because they've come to feel uh, that their lives have ended up being such failures. And uh, by committing this kind of atrocity, um, they're going to prove to the world uh, that they are, you know, some kind of people of power and substance. And, you know, it often is true uh, that they will be remembered. I mean, 
you know, we do remember the Columbine killers and others. Uh, again, I, I don't know that that's a primary motivation of mass murder, but as I said, I, I do think it's, you know, part of, uh, you know, part of what drives people to that kind of extreme. His favorite book of his is Hell's Princess. Loves playing first-person shooters and would love to have dinner with Melville. His book, Maniac on the Bath School Massacre. We thank Harold Schechter for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you. And that, my friends, is a Beyond Mike shortcut.